Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. Shall we turn our Bibles to Isaiah chapter 53? Isaiah 53. This morning, I would like to share from Isaiah 53, a very familiar scripture portion. And I would like to title my sermon as The Scheme of God's Redemption. The Scheme or Plan of God's Redemption. And we are going to focus entirely on Isaiah 53. You know, today as we live on this earth, it is really one thing to know that we know somebody who is very popular in the city. But it is another thing to know or to say that I am the son or daughter of that man who is popular in the city. You know, many times we know who our God is and we know that our God is the God of universe. He created the whole heaven and the earth and he rules over the world and he is in control of our lives. But we fail to realize that he is our God. We know that God is mighty, God is awesome, and he is the God of the universe. But we fail to realize that he is our God. Many times we know so much about our God and what he has done. But we rarely we realize what he has done to me. We know in general who our God is, but we don't really take time to know what really he means to me, to myself. And today, the idea behind taking this text as today's sermon from Isaiah 53 is to say what God has already done for each one of us. What God has already done for you and for me. So we are going to read Isaiah 53 section by section and try to understand the scheme of God's redemption. Can you repeat this after me? The scheme of God's redemption. The scheme of God's redemption. You know, God has already planned to redeem the mankind. 750 years ago, 700 to 750 years ago, Isaiah the prophet was prophesying the mega scheme of God's redemption for mankind. And today we hold this book, the prophetical book of Isaiah, what he has written, 750 years before the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. And he was standing afar from the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. And he was prophesying into the things which are yet to come. That's what we read in Isaiah chapter 53. So here we see step by step, listen to me, step by step, Isaiah is taking us to see how it is going to be accomplished eventually at the cross. You know, that was the objection, objective of Isaiah, taking us through the scriptures. And as he was prophesying, he wanted to tell us very clearly how things are going to unfold, how things are going to happen eventually at the cross, as Jesus is going to be crucified at the cross, how the redemptive plan for mankind is coming true. So Isaiah describes the way 
redemption is coordinated very well or orchestrated very well by Lord God, Father in heaven and his son Jesus. You know, these are a couple of things as I was spending my time on Isaiah 53. You know, that's what I could find. This is what I just want to bring in front of you this morning. So we see a mega plan of God, a redemptive plan of God that God has already designed for mankind. And how do we know today? Unless God tells us we do not know. I thank God for these prophets. And God already revealed this to his, to, to his prophets. And Isaiah is one among the many prophets. And we are reading from Isaiah 53. And we find out the way God, Father, God the Father and Son Jesus, they cooperate and coordinate the redemptive plan. How they made it possible. That's what we are going to understand this morning. So shall we read from Isaiah chapter 53? We are going to read a couple of verses. Verses 1 through 3. Here we see, gospel is getting rejected. Christ is getting rejected. That's what we see from Isaiah 53 verses 1 to 3. Shall we read together? Who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of dry ground. He has no form of comeliness. And when we see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised and we did not esteem him whom Isaiah is talking about Isaiah is talking about the Messiah who was about to come 750 years later and wherever he says he he it all refers to Christ Jesus the Messiah and here we see Isaiah saying who has believed our report you know there is a contempt or there is a hatred that is put upon the gospel of Christ what is the report that he is talking about? The report of the gospel. The report of the good news. The report of the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. Many prophets reported and Isaiah is reporting that as part of his prophecy. And we see a rejection. Who has believed our report? Are you with me this morning? Who has believed our report? I have reported about the coming of the Messiah. The gospel. And nobody has believed. Not many people believed. Even at the time when he prophesied, people were not willing to believe. And even at the birth of Lord Jesus Christ, they were not willing to believe. So we see a contempt or a hatred on, upon the gospel. You know, today there are enemies of gospel. Do you know that? There are enemies for the gospel. Even today. And there were. Even at the first century. There were enemies of the gospel. They wanted to destroy. They wanted to destroy the book, the Bible. They took all their effort to destroy Christianity from the face of this earth. And even today it happens because there are enemies of the gospel. So Isaiah prophetically, he says, who has believed our report? And to whom has the arm of the Lord has been revealed? You know, not many people could believe, but only those for whom the arm of the Lord is revealed. Only they could believe. And we see a contempt on the gospel in verse 1. And now we see a contempt or rejection on Christ Jesus. We read that from verse 2. 
For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, refers to Christ Jesus. And as a root out of the dry ground, refers to Christ Jesus. How tender he is. He has no form of comeliness. And there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid our faces from him. There is a contempt or hatred on that is put upon the person of Christ just because of his appearance. Just because of his appearance. You know, he submitted himself to a low condition by being born in the manger. People looked at him and people could not honor him because they just looked at his appearance. It was expected that, you know, he will make a public entry into this world with all his pomp and with all the celebration going on. But that was not the case. That was not the situation. And it was expected that he should come, you know, with some kind of uncommon beauty in his life. But then it was not the case. That's, how, that's not how he was brought forth to this world. And also it was really expected that he, was, he will live a pleasant life. A life like an ordinary man. Good things happening in his life. And blessings all around him. So that people will come and look at him. Look at him. To listen to him what he's saying. But that was not the case. Isaiah he says he was a man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And people looked at his appearance and they rejected him. You know, if you remember, even when Jesus was hanging at the cross, people looked at him and he just, they just mocked at him. They just looked at his appearance. You know, today we see Jesus drawn in a very beautiful picture and painted. But nobody has seen the real Jesus. Right? Nobody has seen the real Jesus. Except those who lived on at the time when Jesus was living on the face of this earth. And today that's a picture we get in front of us. But Bible says he was not having a good look because he was rejected. He was despised. And he was a man of sorrow. He was acquainted with grief. And that's the kind of representation Bible gives about our Lord Jesus Christ. And they just went by the appearance of Lord God. And prophet Isaiah is trying to tell us the gospel was rejected and Christ was rejected. And even today people reject the gospel and reject Jesus Christ. What about us? Do we do that today? We think that we follow Christ. Do we reject him at times in our lives? Do we say no to some of the things to God? Today, not really, not many really care about God. Even we don't at times care about what is said about our Lord God. Even we don't worry about what is said. But now the prophet, listen to me, this is very important now. Now the prophet is changing his tone. Now slowly he is changing his tone, you know, as we are going to read from verses 4 to 5. Listen to me. Now he is going to change. He said, you know, he was rejected and, you know, Christ was rejected and the gospel was rejected. You know, people just went ahead and rejected him because of his appearance. And now Isaiah is changing his tone in verse 4. 
And he's saying the reason why he was rejected is for us. You know, the reason why Christ was rejected is for us. You know, when I read Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4, it says, Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteem him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. And Isaiah is saying he was rejected by everybody for our sake. This morning, are you able to believe? Are you able to be with me this morning? He was rejected for whom? For? For us. He was, that's what Isaiah is writing. He was rejected for us. And he says, he borne our griefs. Whose griefs? Can you say that? Our griefs. Our griefs. He carried whose sorrows? Our sorrows. You know, this morning I just want to you know, impress upon that word, our. We know Christ has done great things. But we never realize that he has done everything for us. He has borne our grief. He has carried, he carried our sorrows. He was wounded for whose transgressions? Our transgressions. He was bruised for whose iniquities? Our iniquities. The chastisement or the punishment of whose peace? Our peace was upon him. And with his stripes who are healed? We are healed. You know, this morning I just want you to get into this is the, my message. This is all about my message this morning. He was rejected and he was despised just because, just only because he has borne our sickness and our sorrows, our griefs, our, our, our iniquities upon himself. We are talking about the mega plan of God, the redemptive plan of God. And Isaiah put that very beautifully saying that the reason why gospel is rejected, the reason why Christ is rejected, because he has come down to this world for our sake. For the mankind, when we say our, we are including everybody for our sake, for the mankind. But you know what we, what we did? Verse 6. This is what we did. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of all of us. You know, Christ has done so much. God has done so much. And he gave Christ to us for our benefit. And this is what we could do for him. All we like sheep have gone astray. A sheep, when there is no shepherd, we see the sheep going in all different, different directions. And finally they will disappear. Eventually they get killed by the world animals. That's the reason we need a shepherd. And here we see, even though God gave the shepherd to this world, but they did not want to be a sheep under his fold, and they were just going on their own way. They were just gone astray. And they have turned everyone on his own way, and the Lord has laid. And people have chosen, you know, they have chosen their own way of doing things. But Lord did not punish them for choosing their own way, but instead Lord laid, and Lord has laid on him, on Christ, the iniquity of all of us. You know, we have gone astray. It is our problem. 
You know, we are talking about the redemptive plan for mankind. It is my own problem. I should have been punished. But Bible says, he left the sheep to go in their own direction. But Lord laid all the iniquity upon him, upon Christ Jesus. And in the place where we should have been punished. But the Lord Jesus, Lord God laid everything on Jesus. Laid all the iniquity upon Jesus. Are you with me this morning? You know, this is a very serious matter. This is a very important matter. I want you to follow with me. How the plan for redemption is laid out there. Now what was done to Jesus? This is what is done to Jesus. And you remember Isaiah is prophesying. 750 years ago. You know, when they were prophesying such a, you know, went far away from such a far distance, all they could see is with their vision, they could see a very hazy picture. Isaiah could not really see Jesus hanging at the middle of two thieves and Jesus was crucified and somebody's soldier pierced him at the side. He could not see that very clearly. You know, that's how prophecy is written. That's how they could see when they see, you know, very long distance, far distance from where they, when, the time when they lived. And this is what Isaiah could see concerning Lord Jesus Christ. What was done to Lord Jesus from verses 9 through 7 through 9. And seven says, listen to this, he was oppressed, Jesus was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughterer, and as a sheep before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of many people, he was stricken. Verse 9. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death. Because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Isaiah was prophesying about what is about to be done 700 years later to Lord Jesus Christ. And this is what he says. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he did not open his mouth. He was brought as a lamb before the slaughterer. He did not react. He is brought, brought as a sheep before the shearer. And he did not open his mouth. Jesus was brought, brought before Pilate and Herod. You know, he did not open his mouth. He did not say anything. He did not try to escape when he was about to be crucified. Isaiah is prophetically saying this. He was taken from the prison. He was cut off from the land of the living. And he was stricken with our transgressions. He made his grave with the wicked and with the rich. Everything happened. Did everything fulfill? Yes. Everything got fulfilled at the time of the death of Lord Jesus? Yes, no. Yes, a strong yes? Yes, okay, everything got fulfilled at the time of the death of Lord Jesus Christ and the resurrection. Now, I could imagine Jesus sitting at the right hand of the Father 700 years before the birth of Lord Jesus Christ. When Isaiah was prophesying on the face of this earth, I could imagine Jesus turning to the Father and looking at his face are this going to happen to me? look at Isaiah he's prophesying to the people are this going to happen to me? he's turning to Lord, Lord God the Father 
And he looked at the father. Probably the father is going to excuse him from all these troubles that he is going to have two, 700 years later. But verse 10 says, Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. Yet it pleased the Lord God to bruise him. He has put him to grief when you make his soul an offering for sin. Jesus would have looked at the face of the Father thinking that probably it's not going to happen to me. But Jesus said, Lord God said, it is pleasing to me. It is pleasing to me. When Jesus cried out at the cross, if you remember, in agony and pain, my father, my father, why have you forsaken me? Isaiah says, it pleased the Lord to his own son, going through the pain and the agony at the cross. It pleased the Lord to bruise his own son. You know, when I read this, it really shook me. It really shook me. Knowing that his own son is being bruised at the cross, and is it really pleasing the father? Can you imagine? How can it please the father when such thing is happening to his own son? But Bible says, it pleased the father. It pleased the father. Then I started asking why. Why it was pleasing the father? How is it possible when his own son is dying at the cross? It is pleasing. The Lord God is enjoying. Sitting there above and enjoying his son going through all this pain. Why? And how is it possible? No father wants his son to be bruised. Can you think of your son? Your daughter? Who wants your daughter or your son to be bruised? Nobody. Nobody wants. No father wants his son to be tortured. Like the torture that happened to Lord Jesus at the cross. Then I realized there is something beyond natural. Something beyond natural. My answer question is still why, why, why? The answer is John 3.16. John 3.16. For God so loved the world. That he gave his only begotten son. That whoever believes in him should not perish. But have everlasting life. The love of the Father. The love of the Father. The love of the Father upon mankind. Allowed the Father to crucify His Son. When Jesus was allowed to be crucified, it was pleasing. Because God did not look at the pain that Jesus was going through, but God looked at the blessing that pain is going to bring forth in your life and my life. Amen? Amen? I don't know how you are able to be sitting there. Don't you feel that? Don't you realize the love that God has set upon you? When his son is tortured at the cross, but God is rejoicing in his torture and saying, I'm well pleased. I'm really happy about what is going my son is going through. How is it possible? Because God loves you. God loves you. God loves everybody. Just because of his love that he set upon your life and my life. He was able to allow his son to go through all these things. Abraham, remember, he displayed the perfect love. In fact, perfect faith that he had in God. 
by taking his only son to sacrifice him at the mount. Just because of his love and faith he had on the father. And here we see Father God taking his only son and allowing him to be crucified just because of the love that he has for you and for me. Don't you really care about that love? Don't you really worry about that love? Is that love not driving you when you live on this earth? Is that not love that not, not helping you to forget everything that what you go through and to serve the Lord? If that love is not driving you, there is nothing else can drive you. And this morning I want you to really realize the love of the Father was making him to be pleased what is going through, what his son is going through. 1 John 2, 2 says, 1 John 2, 2, and he himself is the propitiation for our sins. That means nothing else could satisfy God's justice. You remember what is God's justice? Sin has to be punished. That is the justice of God. Because he is a just God. Today we serve him because of his justice. He is a just God. Sin has to be punished. And nothing could satisfy. That's where we need somebody. He himself is the propitiation. That means only he could satisfy. Nobody else. I couldn't. You couldn't. Then Jesus had to die to satisfy God's justice. And he was a substitute in the place where we need to die. Who died? Come on. Who died? Jesus died. Can you all just say with me? Who died for us? Jesus died for us in the place where I need to die. Who died? Jesus, can you be a little more louder this morning? Who died for us? Who died for us? Jesus died for us in the place where I need to die. He died for us. He substituted your life. You are spared today. Not just, you know, just coming and sitting and going. You are spared because he died. Not because of my righteousness. Not because of I left anything. No, nothing can satisfy. Just only Christ. Just only Christ. Love of the Father. Love of the Father. And it pleased the Lord for His Son to go through all that He went through in His life. We're talking about the plan for redemption. And how will Father and the Son they cooperate in the scheme of redeeming mankind. Why so much of effort? Why so much of plan? Because the devil is a liar. And the devil wants to take people to the hell. And only through the blood of Lord Jesus, we can escape the hell. That was the plan. That was the plan. I just want you to you know, focus a few more minutes from verse 4 and 4 through 6. So 4 and 5. You want to reflect upon what Jesus took upon himself. Something that Jesus took upon himself, you know, that really put him in a very ugly picture, gave him an ugly picture. He did not look good. He was a man of sorrow and man of grief. What he took upon himself, verses 4 and 5, surely he has borne our griefs. Can you repeat this after me? Has borne our griefs. You know, what is grief? Grief is a very Acute mental pain. That's what is the grief. You know, sometimes such pain results from a loss when you lose some of our dear ones. 
It's a very acute pain which we cannot handle. Sometimes, you know, there are certain misfortune happens to us. There are certain deep disappointments in our lives. Grief. And Bible says, Isaiah says, Jesus has borne our griefs. Can you think about the deepest sorrow you have in your mind? The deepest, the most deep sorrow. And Isaiah says, Jesus has borne that grief. Think about yourself. You are thinking about yourself. There are millions of people in this world. All of their deepest sorrow is laid upon his head. You can imagine his face, how it would be, how heavy it would be. And Isaiah says in verses 4 and 5, he carried our sorrows. You know, sorrows are considered as a normal part of the life, living, part of life. It is a reaction, you know, at times we make for the minor losses in our, in our families and disappointments in our lives and discouragements. And we feel sorrowful at that moment. And Isaiah says, he, Jesus, carried our sorrows. Jesus carried our sorrows. He carried, he took our grief on himself and he carried our sorrows on himself. And he continues, he did not stop there. He was wounded for our transgressions. What is transgression? Our act of doing something which is against the law. It's a violation. At times we violate the rules that the word of God, Bible is setting us and the government is setting to us. We violate all those things. They are not good. And Bible says, Isaiah says, he was wounded for our transgressions. Not only our, he bore our griefs and our, took our sorrows, and he was also wounded. You know, every time the Roman soldiers whip him, he was wounded for our violations, our unlawful things. And he says he was bruised for our iniquities. Again, it is immoral things in our lives. Unfair behavior that we do. And he was wounded. He was bruised for our iniquities. And Isaiah says, the chastisement of our peace, it is a punishment. He took the punishment upon himself so that he can give the peace to us. And finally, he says in verse 5, with his stripes, we are healed. It was a physical pain that Jesus was going through in his body to heal our physical pain. You know, when I read this, I don't have any other option other than believing this because it is an approval from God and it is an acceptance from Jesus to die for the mankind. To die for the mankind. And you know, very good things to know here. A couple, couple of things that we, we understand here. As much as God the Father and Son Jesus cared for our salvation, listen to this. As much as God the Father and Son Jesus, they cared for our salvation, that they care for our grief. They care for our sorrows. Our unpleasant life situation are already taken care at the cross because it was laid upon Lord God. Our physical sickness is already taken care. It was laid upon Lord God. You know, God has given equal importance to the salvation of our soul, to the, to the, to, to the worries that we deal with today and the health issues that we deal with today. There is no reason why I cannot believe for healing. There is no reason why I cannot believe for divine healing. Because Jesus took everything at the, at the cross. If salvation is true, if you are saved, if you are going to heaven, if that is true, healing is true. Healing is true too. 
I just want you to believe. Church, I want you to believe. As we are walking into the realm, into a time of healing, I just want you to believe. Keeping aside, you know, going backward is not going to help, but we are going to push forward. We need to move forward because we know the fact that Jesus has already accomplished what we need as he was going through that pain. So what I shared with you this morning is the mega plan of God, our God's redemptive work. But what is most important is, most of the time, we read the scripture just for our head knowledge. Most of the time, the scripture is at our head. We know it. We know about it because Isaiah spoke about it. But when we take it into our heart, when we allow these truths to sink deep in our hearts, that's where we see the deliverance. That's where we, the deliverance comes in our lives. Isaiah said, He has borne our griefs. He carried our sorrows. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of peace was upon him, for our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. You know, God wants you and me to believe these scriptures. God wants you and me to allow these scriptures, these truths should settle down in our hearts so deep. Because God, the word of God says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. Truth shall set you free. Can we all stand for a moment? This morning, for some reason, this is what God wants me to share with you. These are a couple of thoughts that God is putting in my mind. Concerning Isaiah 53, as I could see a perfect plan that is laid out and the man of God, Isaiah. Later history says Isaiah was sawn to death. He was cut into off because people did not like him. And today, you and I enjoy the redemptive work of Christ. And this morning, I just want you to do one thing. Just want you to believe with me. The perfect redemptive work that Jesus accomplished at the cross. When you look at your situation, and when you look at what God has done already, that stands out. That is much, much greater than what you are handling today. That is much, much more powerful than what you are going through today. This morning, God wants you to believe, wants me to believe as we are coming to the end of this year. Lord, we want to see great things happening in our families, oh God. We want our faith to be made so strong, Lord God. This morning, I just want you to believe in God and the plan that he has already laid out. For some reason, if you would have stopped these things in your head, this morning, God wants you to allow that to go deep down into your heart. God wants you to allow these facts to settle down deep in your heart. That will bring healing. That will bring deliverance. That will bring such a great joy in your life. There is nothing that can stand before this perfect, your redemptive plan because God has already planned that for your family. God has already planned that for you and for me. This morning, shall we take a moment and cry out to God, Lord, I just give myself to you. I heard these truths. Lord, I surrender 
I obey. I accept. I believe these truths, Lord. Lord, if this is so true, you would reveal that to me today. Lord, I am in confusion. I have doubts, Lord. But this morning, I get to know that there is certain thing that God has already done to my life concerning me, concerning my future. If that is so, why don't you just tell God, Lord, I am here, Lord, available for you. I am here, Lord, accepting that truth. I am here, Lord, believing the work that you already planned. I believe the work that you already accomplished, Lord. I just want you to take a, get into a time of prayer this morning before you close. I'm not going to lead, but you are going to pray to God. If you want to sit down, if you want to kneel down, in whatever you want to just commit your ways to God this morning. Because keep, 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 keep doing that. Go ahead and do that this morning. Hallelujah. Let this be a time between you and God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just pray to him this morning. Hallelujah. Ask God to help you, help you to get this truth settled down in your heart. Hallelujah. God may speak to you this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. At times we take these things so easy, but this morning God is speaking to you. God is reminding you, my son, my daughter, I just want you to walk towards me. The true light that came from heaven because it was already pre-planned. The redemptive work is already pre-planned. Hallelujah. This morning, Lord God, you would help us. You would help us, oh God. You would help us, oh God. Lord, only when we put, Lord, lay these truths, Lord, so deep in our hearts, then only the deliverance is going to come to our family. Then only healing is going to take place in our body. Then only I feel the redemptive work happening in my life, oh God. I'm trying to stop everything at my head. This morning, help me to bring everything to my heart. Just ask God. Just ask God. Let that be so real to you. Thank you, Lord. God may help you this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, if God has spoken this to you very clearly, if God has for some reason, if you get a small glimpse of revelation this morning, as these words are spoken, can I see your hands? If God has spoken to you, can I see your hands? Hallelujah. Just want to see your hands only if, you, if God has spoken to you this morning. Because I just spoke the truth. If God has spoken to you, just pray to Him. Hallelujah. Thank you. Thanks for raising your hands. You can put down or you can keep praising God. This morning, God has revealed something to you which is awesome, which is mighty, which was spoken by the prophet Isaiah, which came true already. And it is the truth that today that is written in the book. And this morning, God wants you to inherit for your blessing, for your healing for the deliverance of your family and you need you are going to go back home and you are going to lay hands on these truths and you are going to pray to God Lord I believe that this is what has happened Lord God to you and you already took care of everything Lord God on behalf of me I don't need to carry it anymore and this morning I'm transferring everything to the cross Lord and set me free if that be your prayer this morning why don't you cry out to God Lord deliver me deliver me can you pray to God this morning Hallelujah. God may help you here. God may help you here. This morning, God is about to deliver some of us. Hallelujah. We are in so deep grief this morning. I believe God is going to lift that off from your life. God is going to lift that off from your family. This morning, you are going through deep sorrow. This morning, I pray that God may lift that sorrow from your life because now you know that Christ has already accomplished this at the cross. You don't need to be sorrowful. You don't need to grieve over the situation because 
Christ has already accomplished it for you. Hallelujah. 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 We are going on the way to heaven. We are not going to hell because Christ already he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and the peace of God is resting upon our lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And finally, Isaiah says, you don't need to leave. You don't need to continue to live in your sickness because Christ already took the sickness upon himself and his stripes, by his stripes, we are healed. Shall we claim that healing this morning as you heard these words? If these words are so true, it is sounding in your heart, in your mind as truths, as words of truths. Can you just claim healing for you this morning? Can you claim healing for your family this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe let there be healing this morning, oh God. Let there be healing in our families, oh God, this morning. I, as we, Lord, believe these truths, Lord, those who are listening to me, let there be healing, oh God, right now, oh Father God, as we speak, oh Father God, because by your stripes, we are healed. By your stripes, we are healed. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for this wonderful morning. Thank you for the plan that is already accomplished. This morning, Lord, it is such a great privilege to know that, Lord, we are part of that plan. We are part of the plan. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for speaking into our lives this morning. We ask you that you would continue to speak to us until we see the deliverance. We are not going to let it go. We are going to push forward. We are going to move forward. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because Son of Man was revealed to destroy the works of the devil. Hallelujah. This morning we strongly believe what the devil is trying to throw on our ways, O oh God. You are able to remove it because you already took care of it at the cross. Father, we thank you for this assurance. Thank you for this hope. And we ask you that you would send us, Lord, with this hope and assurance. And we give you glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swaminathan at balan at hibm.org. God bless you.